Listen and subscribe to the Growth Craft Startup Community Podcast on all the major podcast players, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere where podcasts are available. And leave a five-star review if you like it. We need those reviews to grow the show, and it's the easiest way to help us grow the show that you can do right now. So head on over to iTunes, head on over to Google Podcasts or Spotify, and leave a five-star review for the Growth Craft Startup Community Podcast. And tell all of your friends who are entrepreneurs to take a listen. And thanks. Hello. My name is Hassan Sorrells. Uh, this here is Tom Libby. Welcome back, everyone. And you are listening uh, to the Growth Craft Podcast. The Growthcraft Podcast is designed with you, the startup founder, in mind. This podcast is committed to growing your connections to our Growthcraft advisors, increasing your engagement with the overall Growthcraft community, and of course, growing your knowledge about all of the benefits that Growthcraft can provide for your startup, your project, your purpose, and of course, your passion. Uh, we can't wait to bring you along on our journey today. Now, here on this podcast, we interview startup founders, advisors, and other members of the Growthcraft community about their journey, their process, their project, and we try to find out what they're passionate about in engaging with us here at Growthcraft. And today, I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Jaime Paris. How are you doing, Jaime? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So again, for our listeners, oh, well, maybe not again, but you know, for our listeners, um, what is it that you do exactly? Yeah. So at Pronova, we are revolutionizing how we take care of animals. I think over the last few years, pets have become core members of our families. People are choosing to have pets instead of kids. So we're developing new technologies and biosensors, health platforms to empower pet owners and give animals the life they deserve. I think uh, Tom has pets. I don't know. I don't think I've ever asked you, Hayson, if you have pets. Um, uh, yes, I have some four-footed animals that walk around my house and eat my food. Yes. Well, not my food, but I got my food for them and they, they eat. Those for your friends. They, they yes. really are everything. And uh, we can develop technology to really take care of them. You know, as, as, a matter, as a matter of fact, I, I had five kids, by the way, Jaime, and of the five kids, at least two of them, I wish I thought of dogs first. Because it's funny my how dogs I know you have dogs, but then not that you had five kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, do the dogs are a lot easier to, to manage and take care of than a couple of those kids. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Hazan. It's, it's weird. There's a chapter that's upcoming in my in my book that I'm, I'm going to be releasing at the end of this year, my new book. And um, I have a chapter in there. We are our pets, emotional support animals. Uh, it's actually a title, uh, chapter title in the uh, in the book, um, because I am stunned. And I'm going to write about this in the book, so you get a little preview here. But I'm stunned by the level of technology, um, cash, uh, even at the even at the retail and consumer end that we in this country put behind what, functionally speaking, in other parts, some other parts of the world would literally be food. <laughs> and I'm not knocking what you're doing. I mean, it's just, it is astounding to me yeah, how much money goes into pets and pet technology. Non-discretionary spending. It's, yeah, non, right. If you have them, it's non-discretionary. 
it's 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 so, insane so 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 we we asked you about like what so hey, we asked you tell us about what you do so can you go into a little bit more detail so like what what are you trying what what are, what are you trying to solve with this uh with this product launch that you're that you're talking about i think i think i know probably better than most people listening right now but i'd like you for you to explain a little bit more depth as to what like why is this significant why is it important to the bit to the uh to the uh, do, uh to specifically dog owners right because i think I think that's the only market you're in right now, right? Is for dogs, canines. Yeah, we we'll start with dogs. We'll expand to the horses. Yes, exactly. Right, right. So, so what Pernova is doing is expanding the the scope of care. So right now, as any pet owner knows, you have two options when your dog looks sick or something's weird. You either wait for a few days to see if it gets worse, and then you go to the vet, or you go to the vet and you spend hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars like I did last Thursday with my dog in the ER. So it's, it's fresh on my mind. Um, but that's, that's the only two options. You, you either guess to see if the animal's in enough pain to go to the vet, or you go pre uh, preemptively and spend a few hundred to a few thousand dollars. So what we're doing is we're introducing a point of care, non-invasive early warning system. And I say early warning system because it does not replace the vet. It does not replace those in-depth studies but it's a way to talk to your dog. Like right now, instead of having to wait or guess or wait for the animal to show their symptoms because animals hide their symptoms just instinctively, you can now test your dog at home. So point of care means at home, at the vet, in the field, wherever you can take your dog's saliva and it's just a simple swab, you can analyze it without sending it anywhere. And that will give you insights as to what's going on in your animal at a biological level and tell you if you need to go to the vet or give you health insights and those actual steps that we all need to have peace of mind and know that we're doing the best for our animals. Now, now, aside from your trip to the vet last week, because I know that you didn't have this thought process to start this company up last week, what was the catalyst to this? Aside from like, was it a personal thing that you had your own dog that had an issue? Is it something you saw in the market that you were like, I just love dogs enough that I want to go solve this? Or like, what what prompted this? What was the reason behind the, the starting of the business for you? Yeah, so I'd say it's a mix of a lifetime experience. I've had pets my entire life. I've had dogs and cats in Spain. I've got a dog here with me in Boston. Her name's Cora. She's everywhere on all my marketing stuff. And um I wanted to be a vet when I was a kid. Like I love animals to that degree. I wanted to be a vet, but I learned that I didn't have the stomach for it. What they do and dealing with sick animals and putting them down, I just couldn't do it. So I became an engineer instead. Yeah, and that makes total sense. <laughs> I, I can't do it. I'm going to go into engineering. And then through my master's, I came across some new technology. I was working on some new technology and I figured out that I could apply it to help animals. And this was my, my full circle moment. I was able to apply my engineering and my computer science background to help animals. Join us online via Zoom at the Growthcraft Startup Community Founders Forum each third Tuesday of the month at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Look, advisors and founders, we're, we're all in this together. Building relationships with your peers and entrepreneurship is just as important as connecting with experts and advisors. Each month, every third Thursday, we'll meet online via Zoom to share ideas, get support, support each other, and talk about universal issues that nearly all startups share. We'll celebrate our victories, chat about challenges, and then break out into small groups to address a timely topic of interest. It's a great way to meet like-minded entrepreneurs. Check out the links to the third Tuesday events on the Growthcraft website 
and join us at the Growthcraft Startup Community Founders Forum in the show notes below the podcast player you're listening to right now. Helping animals is a, <clears throat> as, I, as we've already mentioned, billions and billions of dollars a year in the United States, discretionary spending, as you pointed out. Um, in the market currently, um, and asking a market-based question here, in the market currently, I'm not necessarily getting you to talk about your competitors, but give us an idea of what the competitive landscape is like around this. Because when I think of how much discretionary spend goes to dogs, just on an aesthetic end, I can only imagine how much must go in at a medical end. So what's the competitive landscape like for you um, and for your uh, for your project, for your startup? Yeah, so the market is super interesting because it's changed a lot in the last few years, especially because of COVID. Uh, there was a puppy boom. Everyone got pets. So there was a huge surplus in pet adoptions, new products being introduced, um, especially with not being able to go to the vet because of COVID. Telehealth became huge in the industry as well. So there is a ton of resources, but it's all down in the same categories. Either you're sending a sample into a lab somewhere and you're waiting eight weeks to get the results, which is great. Being able to do a DNA breakdown on your dog is fascinating, very useful information. You know their predispositions to health issues. That's great, but that doesn't help you in the day-to-day. And on the day-to-day, it's still the, how are you reacting in the moment? Are you able to get an appointment? Do you live close to a clinic? How are you getting a professional to see your animal? There's great technologies being developed for vets, but like nothing that's helping the pet owner at home and nothing that's helping you go day to day with your animal. So that's why it's it's such a great opportunity for us. And there's this huge need to just be able to know what's going on. No more guessing games. Is, is your dog going to die or not? Now, COVID, right? You mentioned COVID and the shift in, in sort of how... Um, or, or one of the knock-on effects, right, of, 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 um, of the year of 2020, 2021, 2022, in, in some cases last year. Um, one of the knock-on effects of that was an increase, as you said, in adoptions and, and things like that. Um, <clears throat> at a, now I'm going to ask you sort of a different kind of question, another kind of question to follow up to the market one, but in a different kind of angle. When thinking about how... Um, dogs are engaged with by their owners right and thinking about the level of care that's in there um at that end of the level of care at home you said it's very very narrow um Mm -hmm. how narrow is it exactly like how how tiny a bucket is that for you what do you mean can you rephrase the question Sure. So um, who is your nearest peer competitor, right? And, 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 sure. and, and you know, the next five, five that are up, you know, because when I'm thinking about it, you, you, so you say I'm a narrow bucket, but I don't think you're in that bucket by yourself. So how, how big is that? How big is that bucket? Sure. So in terms of the size of the market, right, there's 90 million dogs in the U.S. So it's a pretty big market in the U.S. alone. Got it. Okay. In terms of competitors, you have a ton of brands that are doing this DNA breakdowns. You send the samples, they do the analysis there, which is great. And then most products are tailored towards the vet. You have high-tech products, smart feeders, cameras, smart toys for dogs. So there's a ton of that stuff for at-home use. But in terms of healthcare for the animal, it's either you send it to a lab for a very in-depth analysis or you go to the vet. Got it. Okay, cool. So, and Jaime, can I just, just this is more clarifying as well, but I, I think it, it might prompt you to talk about something you'll understand in a minute because I 
I think the DNA breakdowns are fascinating, but the DNA breakdowns will give you illnesses and diseases that your dog is susceptible to or prone to, whereas your technology is way more specific, right? So can you talk about why that's important, those two? Because that, to me, and again, uh, for everybody listening, I have a little bit more insight than everybody else listening because, I mean, I have spoken several times and I I understand what he's doing a little bit better than most. So, but I do think this is important. I I think there's an important distinction here that people need to understand that breaking down your dog's DNA is not terrible and it's good to have, but it doesn't give you the true benefit of what you're talking about. That's why I wanted you to give you an opportunity to kind of really distinguish between those. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's, you would actually flip the, the, the how wide and narrow each test is. I think the DNA is very narrow. It tells you exactly what's going on, as you said, the predispositions. But that's the same for humans, right? Like I've done the 23andMe test. It gives me all my history stuff and then what medical stuff I'm predisposed to, which is good information to have for big picture habits. But like at the day-to-day level, as a human, I know what's going on in my body. I can feel pain in different areas. I can express that to professionals. Animals sadly can't talk. So there's no way to know day to day what's going on. And our product is an early warning system that's pretty broad. If one of our sensors and the way our product work is we take a saliva sample, well, you take a saliva sample at home and our device allows you to analyze it at home. So it's in 15 minutes, point of care in real time. And we measure multiple biomarkers for key biological functions. And if one of those are off or the relationship between those levels are off, that tells you, hey, there's something wrong. You need to go to the vet now. Or, hey, something looks weird. Keep an eye for these things that would be an indication that something's wrong. So it's a way to talk to your dog. Like with kids, you take their temperature. You ask them if something hurts. It's a way to communicate with the animal and know what's going on internally before having to wait for those late stage external symptoms like diarrhea, vomiting, blood in the stool, all that kind of stuff that is like a very obvious indicator that something has already gone wrong. We want to change from reactive healthcare to proactive healthcare, knowing what's going on before it becomes serious. And that's where our true value comes in. I, I, I equate it a lot of times to dealing with a like a a child that is under the age of like, say two, right? Cause they can't really express to you what's going on either, but you know, by, by, you know, looking at your child that something's wrong, you, but they can't oh, tell you. So right. I know I like, you know, we talk, uh, my dogs, my dogs, I, I feel like my dog's a big baby. If something's wrong with her, she, she comes to me immediately and is like looking at me, like fix this. And then I have to try to figure out what's like, why she's looking at me like this. Right. Yeah. Like, but, uh, but yeah, I, I agree. But again, like to your point, babies will at least cry. And and dogs, I mean, sometimes if it's bad enough, they'll whimper here and there. And again, it's sometimes it's also, it's, it's also a matter enough, of, right? Like, look what you're saying. If it's bad enough, if the right. dog can no longer hide or handle it, they right. will come to you. What about that lead up time where the kidney's failing or their heart isn't beating properly before they are like, oh, something's, I'm in trouble. Let me go talk to my owner. Let them know that I'm in. I'm in pain. Like that process there, that's where we come in. It's when the dog doesn't know what's going on and can't tell you. So I don't want you to talk about anything proprietary, right? So I want to be careful in leading you down this road. um, And I want you to be careful in answering this question. But as you're talking, I'm thinking about the genetic markers for disease Mm -hmm. that are in the majority of your competitors' um, products. And how those genetic markers for disease help vets 
after the fact, to your point, but not before the fact. Mm -hmm. Does your product refer to those particular genetic markers? Is there is there a piece in there where those two things connect or is it something totally different? It's different because we don't work with DNA. We work with proteins and analytes. So DNA, what they do is they take the DNA, they break it down, they look for those, those labels, those IDs that tell you that, hey, you have this DNA component, this is what it means. What sure. we do is we take antibodies and enzymes and we use those as detectors. Okay. Antibodies and enzymes only bind with the one thing that they were created to bind with if you have good monoclonal antibodies. And when they bind with that protein or that analyte, that binding sends an electrical signal, either an electron transfer or change in resistance. We can detect that using electrochemical sensing methods. So we have our detector, the thing we want to detect when it binds, we can detect that signal. And depending on how much signal we can colorate, uh, we can turn that into concentrations. And that concentration tells us what's going on. So not only can we detect things, we also know the concentration of what we're looking at. Join the Growthcraft Startup community online via Zoom each first Tuesday of the month at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time for Expert Tuesdays. With Expert Tuesdays, you'll hear from one of our top-notch expert advisors and thought leaders in an informative workshop or presentation focusing on a topic important to emerging and growing companies. From sales and marketing to storytelling and leadership, in this hour-long monthly session, you will be able to connect with the GrowthCraft community, advisors, founders, and others. And you'll learn entrepreneurship skills you can apply to your startup project uh, right now. Check out the links to the GrowthCraft website to join us on Expert Tuesdays in the show notes below the podcast player you're listening to right now. And thanks. Okay. Okay. Um, now the, the, the piece now that I want to switch to is the owner, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I grew up with dogs. Um, my dogs, much to the chagrin of my wife who also grew up with dogs. My dogs were outside dogs. That was the principle in our house. The dog stays outside. If the weather's bad enough, we'll bring the dog inside. But for the majority, the dog stays outside. Right. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> which is fundamentally different than other people. I found this out when I got married, apparently people have dogs in their houses all over the place. My mother would have never tolerated that at all, ever. Anyway, <laughs> so this is the this is the two different sort of divergences in Hassan's head around pets, um, in particular, in particular dogs. So when you look at a pet owner, right? Um, what type of education are you doing for that pet owner with your product? Because um, you could talk to me about proteins and enzymes, and I'm I'm fascinated by a lot of that stuff. But I'm thinking again of someone like my wife, right? A lovely woman, but her part of her functionality and reality is I don't really want to know the technical things. I just want it to work, right? And so how are we, how are we, how are you educating owners of the dogs um, around your product or of a dog around your product? You bring up a great point because that's a lot of scientific data. That's a lot of information that can overwhelm you, right? Like if you're trying to right. take a dog, you don't want to be overwhelmed by what's going on. So there's three parts to our product. We have the device that does all the analysis, that has the hardware. We have the strips that are the biosensors. And that's where we do all our chemistry. And then Dr. Swagno, she's the brains behind the science. She does all of the scientific formulation, all of the functionalization, all the scientific hardcore stuff she does. And she's incredible at it. What we have is an app that pairs with the device. 
And what the app does, does all the analysis and the visualization. So what it looks like to the pet owner or user, you do the test, the device does all the analytics, all the data processing, and all you get is a number, either green, yellow, or red, telling you if your dog is sick or not. And then you can opt to go into different depths of data. So you have the overall, your dog's doing just fine, or hey, your dog is sick. Then you can go into the individual biomarkers, and then you can go into the trends over time. Because we can collect data so easily from a saliva sample, we can now go into data series. We can look at your dog's levels over time. We can go into predictive modeling. So all of that, the app does the visualization, and you choose how much you want to absorb at once just by clicking through the different graphs and options and that kind of stuff. So over you have the overview, and then you can go into the hardcore sciences as well. Beautiful. I was I was heading, I was thinking the same thing, Hassan. You kind of beat me to it. I was thinking like, so what about the end user here? We're we're talking about the science and, and the dogs so often. Like, what about what about what about me? Like, what about, what about me? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's in this? What's in this for me? But you you answered that. So, yeah. so uh, but let, let's let's go ahead. Go ahead, Jaime. Well, I was gonna say what we like to say is that our product is an early warning biosensor system. What we're trying to sell is peace of mind, right? Like, here's the information about your dog. This is what it means. This is what you need to do. You need to go to the vet now, or hey, your dog's fine. It's probably just a hairball. Right, like that's that's what we come in. It's like this is what's going on with your dog. This is how we translate it to you. This is we'll, we'll take you by the hand and take you right through it. So let, let's switch gears just a little bit. And mm -hmm. and uh, considering we are on the Growthcraft podcast here, um, we want to talk a little bit about Growthcraft. So I, and and for me, I think the the question really that I love to ask everybody is something in the lines of like. So something attracted you to Growthcraft in the first place, and then something keeps you here with us. Can you talk about those two things? So what 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 made you think that Growthcraft was a good idea for you, and then what is what has kept you with us for as long as you've been, and why do you why are you enjoying it so much? Yeah, sure. So I'll start right at the beginning because I think that's where most listeners are going to relate to. I started this company out of my masters, and. At the beginning, you're now looking for either co-founders or you're looking for mentors, you're looking for groups to support you and access resources. And I looked at a lot of like founder uh, platforms and places where you pay a subscription and you have access to group chats and that kind of stuff. And none of it felt personalized. And I looked at it a lot. Like I, I won't say names, but like anyone who's starting a company is probably looking at the same ones. It's like, where do I find help? And that's how I came across Growthcraft. And what made me come into it was how personal everything was. Like if anyone's met JP, he was right on it from day one, meeting with me several times without me joining Growthcraft. Like I was meeting with him regularly without being part of the community, just because he wanted to help me. Then I was able to join. I met a bunch of you guys. I met with both of you one-on-one. -on -one. Both of you have helped me with like pretty big problems. Hey, son was helping me with people challenges and like how to build a team. Like that stuff is difficult, especially if you're a technical founder. Like people isn't always the easiest thing. And Hey, son helped me navigate that. Tom, we've met about marketing strategies and sales and how do I take my product to market. Um, so what brought me to the community was the open arms and just the willingness to help and listen. And what's kept me here is that continued dedication. Like you guys, you guys are still there. Like, and I haven't seen that in anywhere else. I'm done. Oh, hey, so uh, I'm done. That's, that's well, it. <laughs> we, 
<laughs> we're gonna cut that into a commercial and no that's that's the whole thing no oh, wait that uh, is the whole thing we're, gonna, take, <laughs> we're gonna slice those two things together we're good we're good yeah. we're good to go um, so that's all you need me for right i can go now. that's all you need for you can go yeah, yeah, yeah we'll good. show you uh you got, we'll show me right out yeah you got that you got that demo right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're we're kidding folks that that was un completely unprompted we 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 like to ask that question pretty raw because Honestly, we like to know, like we want, mm -hmm. we want to know what we're doing right and wrong. And, you know, we, we ask about the negative parts off the air because we want to fix them before you guys hear them. You know, like that's, that's, right. The idea. <laughs> that's right. Well, and you know, I mean, look, you're, 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 it seems as though with your project, with your focus, with everything you're doing, you're hitting uh, the, the right bell in the right market at the right time, you know, um, you know, probably, your idea wouldn't have worked 10 years ago, even as, even as, as little as 10 years ago. Um, and, and I would even, I would even dare say it probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have worked as well, even four years ago, just in 2019, just on the other side of, on the other just side of COVID, pre-COVID. Pre pre um, but COVID was an event um, and we have to acknowledge this, no matter what we may think of it, it no. was an event that opened doors of opportunity for a lot of other projects like yours, anything that had to do with home, with family, um, and in a in a postmodern society that we live in, in the United States of America, where pets are treated like family, to your point, as you opened up, um, we would want to do what is, whatever it is we could do for our family members. So, yeah. and COVID was a catalyst for people to look inwards and start working on self care. You couldn't go to the doctor; you felt just randomly weird. Because you have to go through an emergency. So people learned how to take care of themselves at home, the importance of taking care of yourself at home, and preventative and proactive care. You couldn't wait till you were sick and then go do something about it because you might not have that luxury. So COVID was a great shift in mindset for a lot of the population, which allows for preventative care for both humans and animals to be introduced into the market. Now, one last question. I have two cats that live in my house because I live in a neighborhood where I can't have a dog. Well, I could, but I don't have the yard space for it. My boy's getting after me to have one. We're eventually going to move to another spot. We're we're getting some acreage. I, I told him when we have 20 acres and a house that you can, the dog can run around because I'm not going to trap a dog in my backyard. That's cruel and unusual punishment. Um, <laughs> so instead we have cats and, and cats are, are obviously different than dogs. Um, I know you mentioned that you're starting with dogs. Where do cats fit in this? And I'm asking for all of the cat owners out there. Yeah, so the, the technology works on all mammals, right? We use antibodies and enzymes. So if we have the animal's antibody and enzyme, we can detect the protein. Um, for cats and horses, what, which is what we want to expand into, that's a little bit down the road, right? That's a lot of work for, for Dr. Swabnell to, to take on. Uh, she, she works a ton trying to get these sensors working, and she's incredible. But um, that is a little bit down the line. We just go launch the first product and expand from there. But the, the technology works and we have cats in mind. Awesome. Okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, my, 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 I swear my cat understands English, both of them. I swear they understand. But yeah, they're still not talking. I mean, they're meowing at me. I still don't know. I still don't know what they're saying. <laughs> Insulting you. So, so, just, so they, understand, they understand English, but you don't understand feline. I get it. I get it. <laughs> that, that, that is how it goes. And yes, you're right, Jaime. Uh, they are insulting me because they don't need me. That'll be the next Google Translate. Google Translate yeah. will come up with a way to listen to dog barks and cat meows and tell us what they're saying. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be a great leap forward. <laughs> 
Um, well, we always end with, uh, with this question. Tell us what you'd like to promote today. Tell us where we can find you. Tell us where we can connect with your, with you, your project, um, and any other resources where we can, uh, where we can go ahead and get a hold of you. Yeah. You can find us at pronovapets.com. That's our website. And then you can always find me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to talk, especially about dogs and cats. Like I love animals. So feel free to reach out. So our website and LinkedIn is where we're most active. Beautiful. And we will have, oh, and it's an Instagram. <laughs> we, we, okay. have, we have, so Pernova Pets is our handle on all platforms. I'm doing most of the marketing. I'm not very good at it. So don't look there just yet. Go to the website first. Um, I'll get on top of the marketing. Get, get on top of the marketing. Tom would like you to get on top of the marketing. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this has been, this has been fabulous. We will have links to uh, Pernova.com. We'll have links to um, Jaime's LinkedIn um, and all the different places where you can find out more about Pronova uh, in the show notes uh, below the player of the podcast distributor that you happen to be listening to the Growthcraft Startup Community podcast on. Once again, I would like to thank Jaime for coming on today and talking with us about his project. And with that, we're out. Each second Thursday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, join GrowthCraft live and in person at Second Thursdays at CIC, located at 1 Broadway, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Located at Kendall Square, CIC features the most engaging entrepreneurial community in the Northeast, right next to MIT and minutes from Harvard University and downtown Boston. With 250,000 square feet of professionally managed, flexible workspace, CIC has every office amenity you could possibly need to scale your startup project. For those of you who are local, or if you're just visiting Boston, GrowthCraft advisors and founders can meet others in our community face-to-face. -face. Join us for an informal social and informational get-together. Meet others, chat with advisors and peers, make connections, and then stay for Venture Cafe, starting at 4.30 p.m. Eastern every second Thursday at CIC. Check out the links to the GrowthCraft website to join us live and in person at Second Thursdays at CIC in the show notes below the podcast player you're listening to uh, right now. And thanks 